Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ATS Pulmonary Rehabilitation Assembly podcast. I'm Dr. Enya Danes, a clinical academic physiotherapist at the University Hospitals of Leicester and a member of the ATS Pulmonary Rehab Assembly Web Committee. Today, I'm here with Katie O'Grady. Not to introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Katie. I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at six years old. I'm excited to be here today to talk about my life as CF and how running has pretty much saved my life. Great, thank you. So as Katie said, we're going to be discussing exercise and cystic fibrosis, um, specifically Katie's mission and her personal story, which I hope can inspire you and your patients to kind of engage in exercise as a way of improving your health. So Katie, when you're ready, if you want to start off by just telling us a little bit more about your story. So before I was diagnosed with CF, um, growing up, I had a pretty normal life. Um, the only thing that started to kind of um, happen to me is I started having a lot of GI issues, which is kind of what concerned my parents and what led to my eventual diagnosis. Uh, my family, we have a lot of people with Crohn's disease and things like that. So we went through a lot of different doctors to try to see if I could get diagnosed with that. Um, and unfortunately, that all came back or uh, all came back normal. So my doctor suggested that I get a sweat test done to see if I had cystic fibrosis. Um, and that sweat test would later confirm that I did have cystic fibrosis, which my parents had been educated about before, but obviously we all hoped that that wouldn't be what I was diagnosed with. So that was around six years old. Um, they eventually had that. And it wouldn't until be a little later on that I started to experience more of the CF symptoms, like respiratory. Um, I started getting a lot of chronic sinus infections. You're saying you started to get some respiratory symptoms. And then at what point in that journey did you kind of think about um, what, sort of, what was your management like, I guess, when you started having those symptoms, um, your respiratory symptoms, and then what did you do when they came on? Okay. Um, so after my diagnosis, I found a CF specialist that my parents took me to. Um, and so she had recommended I start a strict um, treatment plan, which I would do a nebulizer twice a day with two, two or three different types of uh, medications on top of my um, vest, which helps shake up my lungs and be able for me to cough up mucus. And then before my meals, I would take um, an enzyme to help break down the fat that I was unable to um, break down. And um, so that helped a lot. <clears throat> I know during our first appointment with her, uh, my doctor she had told my parents straight off the bat, saying, you know, get Katie into exercise. Um, she said that would really help a lot. <clears throat> and so from that day on, my parents always pushed me to find a sport or some type of exercise that I enjoyed. And starting out, I tried soccer um, and I was very bad at it. <laughs> um, but I did love running up and down the field. I felt like the superstar of the team, even though I don't think I ever made a goal in my five years of playing it. Um so that kind of led me into finding running from there on out because I really loved just running up and down the field. Um, so I started out with a middle school track team and found I was pretty good at the sport. Um, and that kind of led me into finding a true passion for running. So exercise was kind of suggested quite early on, it sounds like for you in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. 
And how was it for you kind of at that age trying to find some, so I guess he used to work in CF a while back and I guess one of the challenges was getting people on board with their treatment because as a child that's a lot to do right so how did you find that kind of pressure to find an exercise that you enjoyed or did you just naturally kind of take to it? Right um so when I was young I hated doing my treatments um I just felt embarrassed with them, especially when like friends or family were over. I didn't want to do my vest. I always felt like it made me look fat because it would blow up with air and shake. Um, so my dad and especially my mom, she was a physical therapist. And so she knew the importance of exercise. So my dad, I think my did my rant, ran my first fundraiser 5K with my dad when I was around six or seven years old. Um, so she he was always trying to find a sport that I liked. <clears throat> He would even take me out on runs around the community um, just to try to help, you know, get my lungs shaking. I especially did not like that vest. And he knew that running or some type of sport would really help with that. And so for you, the exercise was in place of the vest. You didn't do both or you didn't need to do both. I had to do both. Right. Um, but I was very pushy with my parents. I did not want to do it. Um, it was always so much they could do to try to strap me into that vest. They knew the running, I did something similar to being at the cough of the mucus. Yeah. And so your parents were really on board with it as well, and they would do whatever it was that needed to be done to kind of get you out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then there will have inevitably been some challenges for you on the way with kind of sticking to that series. You kind of start, I guess, started finding the passion for that in middle school, did you say? And then, mm -hmm. then how kind of after that? Right. Um, so middle school and into high school, um, really found that passion for running and I found that I was really pretty good at it. Um, I did realize around this time that if I wanted to run at my best, I had to do my treatments. So I think trying to, having found a passion and something that was, you know, greater than my CF, I was now identifying myself as a runner and not just someone with cystic fibrosis. And it kind of changed something mentally for me. Um. So I knew if I wanted to be able to run with these top girls who are much faster than me or be able to go into college and so forth, I need to stay as healthy as I could possibly be. So doing my treatments, seeing my doctors, doing whatever I could so I could go out there on that track and run. And you touch on there kind of this almost like a shift in identity where you kind of stop identifying yourself as this pe person with cystic fibrosis and you kind of actually know I don't want to be that person I'm a runner and this is how I want to be so what was that moment like for you um I can't really tell you how I felt in the moment I definitely felt more of a confidence in myself um but I remember my mom bringing it up that you know I was always like a timid person growing up uh, I know like playing soccer I would shy back from the ball just always very nervous but when I started to run and actually run with the team and everything she could see that I became stronger physically as a person, but also mentally. I was much more confident. Um, and that running really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, I wanted to be the best. So I worked really hard. And I think that just really helped me um, become a more stronger person. And I guess that kind of commitment to exercise and like the goals that you had around that also sounds like it helped you stay on top of your other treatments because you knew actually they go hand in hand. So um, is that kind of the reason why you're able to stick to your other treatments is just because you had that determination and that goal with 
and of your exercise. Yeah, it definitely helped my compliance. I noticed that, you know, when the other girls on my team would get a cold or be sick, they could still run close to their best. Where I, when I would get sick, it usually turns to a CF infection. And I would find that, you know, I would be at the top of a runner, maybe coming first in some races. But now when I would get sick, I would almost come in dead last. Um, that was kind of really hard mentally. So I, you know, I tried to stay as healthy as I could. Um, and I know many of my treatments really help with that to an extent. And um, I mean, also, I think, you know, when I would come in last or I would be so sick, it also helped motivate and push me to get back, get healthier. And I think that really helped too. Yeah. So do you find um, it, your recovery was better because you was kind of trying to stick to these treatments and kind of get back to exercise that you found that you bounced back a little yeah. bit? Better. Yeah. I didn't realize that in the beginning when I was in high school <clears throat> that, or even in college, that running really helped me bounce back faster after illness. Mm -hmm. um, after college, I was mentally and physically burnt out from running. I think all the years of trying to perform at my best, but also fighting a disease just became too much for me. So after college, I kind of took a break from running. But I just tried to regain my love for it. And a lot of college athletes will do this. It goes through burnout. Um, the only thing I realized quickly on was when these athletes take a break, they just take a break and they go back to their normal life. Me taking a break from running meant that I did see that I got sicker more often. And on top of that, it took me a lot more, um, more time to um, get back to being healthy because I was not running. Yeah. Okay. So then, so how long was that break for to you in college? It was like on and off for about a year. Okay. Um, it wasn't until 2019 that I was hospitalized. I remember being the sickest um, I had been in a while. I feel like every month uh, or multiple times a month I was on um, oral antibiotics. Okay. And do you think that was partly because you just weren't kind of at your peak? You weren't exercising as much or yeah it, it just seemed like it really right after college when I stopped running almost completely is when I was getting sicker more often you know I was getting I am getting older so CF is a progressive disease um but it seemed just like it really happened right after I started running stopped running it just didn't have as many of those periods where you were well did it kind of capitalize on so did you do anything in place of running or was it really trying to be kind of rest for you uh, it was a lot of rest. Yeah. I I had um, signed up to run the New York City Marathon to run with um, the Boomer Science and Foundation. Um, they help fundraise for CF. And I tried training for that, and I tried to use that as a motivation, but I think I was just so mentally um, burnt out from the running that I really just needed a full rest. Um, but fortunately, that kind of also caused me to get sick. Yeah, that's interesting because like you said, I think we all have those moments where we just kind of lose a bit of love for for exercise. And I guess some people we can just swap, swap, swap up and perhaps try something different. But it, actually, it was draining you so much mentally that that wasn't something you wanted to do. And I guess um, some people can just cut it. As you say, those other athletes at college will just kind of pick it up and go back to it like they never stopped. But for you, actually, that had quite... A lot. So, what talked me through the, that moment for you? So, you're, you're having this time off, trying to mentally recover from overtraining and like losing interest in it. But whilst you're doing that, you're feeling quite unwell. So, how was that time for you? That must have been quite a challenge. 
Um, it definitely, so there's even other things. Yeah, it uh, it definitely scared me. Um, how much I was getting sick. It was like running helped me kind of almost escape from the reality of CF in a way, because mm-hmm. um, it was helping me work towards something where. When I stopped running, I didn't feel like I was working towards much. And um, just getting sicker and sicker, I felt like I was becoming more and more like the CF person. I didn't have the identity as a runner anymore. Um, So when I was finally hospitalized in September 2019, I remember thinking, I don't, I feel like I need to get back into running because it at least motivates me, it pushes me to do exercise, um, which hopefully would keep me healthy and you know, it's the reality of CF really settling in was kind of what started to push me to get back into running. And did you ever have any kind of reflection on what it might have been that kind of put you off it? You were um, running at a level that was really competitive. And was it that competitive element that was the the drain or was it just the volume that you were trying to do? Or what, what I guess, what put you off it that you hopefully may mean that you won't get put off it again, I suppose? Um, I was really hard on myself. A lot, you know, I wanted to perform to my best of my ability, but when big championships would come up and, you know, I was one of the top runners, so my team and my coaches counted on me and it was hard when I would get sick because there was no way um, I was going to be able to get points for the team. When I would get sick, that was just kind of it. Um, and I would mentally try now to be positive, like I can do this, um, but it was kind of just my body was fighting against me during those times. So I think years and years of doing that and being let down and feeling like I'm letting down my team, I just needed a mental break from it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so you did get back into it. And then, as you were saying, you were training for the marathon. So, and I know that was a little bit of a turbulent time as well. So did you want to talk us through kind of how your journey to the, was it the New York so, marathon? Um, it was actually kind of funny in when I was hospitalized in 2019. Um, a doctor came into my office, uh, my office, my uh, my room, and he introduced himself as Doctor Euler. And I had known about him that he was a CF doctor and very well known um, at my hospital. And um, I didn't know at this point, but he would soon become my doctor. And he introduced himself and said, "Hey, you know, I'm putting together a team of CF people to run the Boston Marathon." Uh, I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" He said, "Well, I heard you're a runner. Would you be interested?" And I remember thinking, like, I'm connected to IVs right now. <laughs> like, and I was nervous to commit to another marathon because I had signed up for the New York City Marathon and unfortunately could not run it due to illness. Um, I had signed up for a few other races, which just, just didn't happen. Um, so I was like, I don't know, like, I'll have to let you know. Um, and he said, well, if you want it, there's a spot for you waiting. Just let me know. When the time come came to make a decision, I... I'm horrible at turning down challenges. So I was like, yeah, I want to do it. I mean, be the first time that there was 10 or 11 of us who would run the Boston Marathon together, at least together in the marathon somewhere, um, which like I wanted to be part of that team. That was super cool. That's cool. Okay. So then what happened after that? Did you get straight back into training? I mean, you were on IVs at the time. So how did you get from that to the marathon, I guess? Right. Um, and so right around after my hospitalization, I think it was that October after that, um, a new medication came out called Trikafta, uh, which changed my entire life. Um, just kind of great timing because it was also right around when COVID started to happen. 
Uh, so that was like scary on another another side. And um, yeah, Tricapta changed everything for me. I'm, I never knew I couldn't take a deep breath until I could after being on this medication for a while, like being able to like feel get although I feel like my lungs were opening up really low, which before they couldn't. Um, I don't cough anymore like I used to, It'd just be nonstop coughing. I don't get sinus infections half as bad or even CF infections. Um, so that kind of also made it easier to start trying to train for the marathon. It definitely took a while after taking so much time off from running. I had to be very progressive with my miles and easing back into it. Because I think even with running or any type of sport, um, getting back into it, you can, you know, expect a lot out of yourself. Uh, especially for me, after running throughout high school and college, like I think I, it's easy to get discouraged when you're not running like you think you should be. Um, so training for the marathon, I, I kept it very gradual. Um, unfortunately, the Boston Marathon would be canceled twice after that due to COVID. So I had a lot of time to end up training for this Boston <laughs> Marathon. So you know, you say obviously you started on new medication, so you had the Ivercaftor, and you felt like that was the first time you could really take a deep breath. So what was that first run like with that kind of deep breath? Did you how did that feel for you? Um, guess it wasn't right away that I felt it in my running. I think back to that. Um, I guess you know also just being out of shape for me running, but you know I quickly felt the difference that Tricapta was making just in my general health. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually as I got stronger in my running, I could really feel what a difference it was making. Um, like I never thought I would ever get back to like how fast I was throughout high school and into college. And Tricapta and I have I got a coach to help train me through everything. I was surprising myself every time I went on, out on a run. Like how fast I was able to do it, how easy things felt, how I was able to run 22 miles for a training run. Like these are things I never thought I could ever do again. Um, and Tri-Captain made that believable for me. It's amazing. And did you find like you were just building up quicker quicker than you anticipated that and you were just able to? Yeah. yeah. Even my coach was getting surprised. I had ran, before I ran Boston, the Boston Marathon, I had ran a smaller um, marathon before that as my first one. And I did not great it was i did not train as well before i didn't really know what i was doing um and it was a really hard marathon so i didn't really know what to expect in my next one and so i got this coach and i told her all about that training and my time um and i remember her giving me workouts and each time i was getting faster and faster she was i keep giving you times but you keep running faster and i was like yeah and i i feel fine doing it so it was quickly once i think i got into good shape um, I quickly realized how healthy I was actually. Yeah. And I, I guess some of that is like all of that progress you had made, you know, before you had that break at college will have, st- will have helped you kind of build back up again. It's not yeah. starting from scratch like it was. Mm-hmm. Time. And so how, what did you do to keep motivated? So the Boston Marathon was canceled twice for COVID. And so that's a really long time to be training yeah. for a marathon, which is already a, a lot of training anyway. So mm-hmm. what was it that kind of kept you motivated through that? Um, I think knowing that this marathon will hopefully one day happen. Mm-hmm. And I also, my mental health wasn't great around then. I think with COVID, it was a scary time for everyone. 
-hmm. and running for me has always been my stress reliever. And so I knew that, you know, having so much stress, I wasn't like sleeping at night that running was the one thing I could keep um, in my daily schedule that I knew would make me feel better. Um, so I would go on runs a lot because there's really nothing else we could do then either. Monstering, yeah. <laughs> so running was like the one main constant I was able to do. Um, and I knew eventually like each run I did was going to help later on um, when I would eventually be able to run that marathon. Yeah. And so then you finally did it and it was 10 people, did you say, that were able to do that yeah. together and it was all, how was that day for you? Um, I mean, it was an amazing day. Uh, you know, with CF, um, we're not allowed, CF patients were not allowed to be around each other yeah. um, due to the bacteria that is in our lungs and we could pass it along. So, I mean, we weren't, we would side by side running it, but the Boston Marathon was so cool because like we knew all of us were out there on that course that day. We could be miles apart, but we're all connected by a single goal you know, a genetic mutation, which I thought was just super cool. And I felt like it was bigger than all of us in a way. Because, you know, other people with CF, they would hear our story. Maybe that would motivate them to find a sport that they love or even run the marathon. I think it was just an amazing goal. And we even fundraised for the CF Foundation. And uh, yes, it was an awesome day. Right. Amazing. And such a good achievement for all of you. They were able to do that. And as you say, I imagine you inspired quite a lot of people on their journey and I think you know I think it's because you say it's bigger than it's bigger than that it's you've been probably inspired a lot of people with CF but I think it goes further than that I think you've probably inspired quite a lot of people um to exercise more and to you know maybe strive for these things that they felt weren't possible and so you what's how's your relationship with running now at the time you, know, you had this moment back in college where you just couldn't really stand it anymore and then you kind of got back into it but maybe more more of a casual relaxed way compared to before so it was intense and competitive so where are you at with running now or exercise in general kind of past how's that for you um i'm hoping to run my next marathon or some type of race soon like i am definitely gotten that runner's bug again um i am going through a slight injury right now so i'm trying to get back into running but yeah i think these moments where i would get sick or you know injured i feel like it just reiterates my love for running and i'm really determined to get back into it and try to get out there on the race course again and so when you do get sick what kind of things do you do do you you just stop completely or do you try and just do more gentle exercise what sort of thing keeps you well i guess when you're unwell um, I would stay exercising. I would do runs. Uh, maybe they had to be more shorter, slower. Um, I just feel like running worked even better than my vest to cough up mucus. Um, whenever I would do my vest, I felt like I never could get mucus up. I was never really coughing like I should to get that up. Or running, like it really made a difference um, for me. Now, and. So now, am I right? And you, you're kind of coaching people as well, like you insect side. So mm-hmm. how does that feel? I guess you're on the other side now, trying to get people in into exercise. So how does that feel? How's that difference for you? Um, I really like coaching people on exercise, especially if they have a you know chronic disease, because I feel like I've been through it. Um, and I always felt like you know I've been through these experiences. You know, I felt the heartache, but I've also felt how amazing 
it feels to finish a race or like run a good personal time. And so I wanted to share these experiences with others. And the best way to do it is coaching. I have also coached college teams. Um, and I just love that aspect of watching your athletes run well, but then put my two lives together of running and having a disease like cystic fibrosis and be able to help these other people try to get into a healthy um, lifestyle with running, but also helping their chronic disease. Um, it just really motivates me more than even just my own running. Yeah. And you've kind of touched on this before as well, that actually it does kind of does create that lifestyle. So it's not just about the exercise, but it's the knock on effect that has on people's adherence to medication and then mm-hmm. diet and all of those things that kind of come with just making good, healthy choices. I guess for us, a lot of our patients find the kind of first mention of exercise when they're really struggling with breathlessness is like, what are you talking about? This is breathlessness is always really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you to come along and get breathless with us. I think that's always the the hard sell, isn't it? And when they start, they kind of get it. But what I guess what would you t- tell people who are, you know, breathless and kind of afraid of starting? What would you, your advice be to those people? Um you know, taking it easy and progressing into it and working with your doctors. Um, I've mentioned before that, you know, I, when I would get back into running after illness, you know, I expected a lot out of myself, like I should be running this many miles. Um, but that's not possible, especially when physically your body's tired. So I think slowly working into whatever exercise you want to try or whatever exercise you've enjoyed in the past, but don't have any expectations. Um, and slowly work into it because I feel like the, the easiest way to stop exercising is when you become discouraged, when you expect that you should be able to run this fast or you should lift this heavy. Um, and just don't, just, just try to enjoy it for the moment and it will help. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's that expectation. And also, like, everyone starts from somewhere different, don't they? And I think they hear the word exercise and they go to the kind of extreme where actually yeah. someone that will just be, you know, a walk. Um, so I think it's like a lot of reassurance around that kind of individualization, which I'm sure you do a lot of as a coach. And I guess what kind of, what other kind of biggest challenges do you find, um, people have faced that you've been coaching on sort of, um, barriers that people tend to have to overcome and how do you help people through those? Right. I think this kind of goes back to how you identify yourself. So like I said before, you know, I identified myself as a timid girl who had CF. You know, I, I can't do certain things that the other kids my age could do. Um, but running helped change that for me. I was no longer just a CF patient, a timid girl. I was a confident runner. Uh, and I think that's important for a lot of people. Like I noticed um, with other people with chronic diseases, they're quick to, um, and I know they're scared, but they're quick to say, oh, no, I have this. I, I can't go out for a walk or a two-minute walk and things like that. Um, and I get it scary, but I think kind of trying to change your mindset. Like, yes, I have cystic fibrosis, but let me try to walk from this mailbox to this mailbox and try to push yourself every day <clears throat> or every week um, to see how much better you can get. Because I think, you know, we're all slightly competitive somewhere inside of us and we like to see improvement and I think if you can keep yourself motivated to do these little things every day it's gonna make a bigger difference in the long run yeah so it's kind of starting small goals and just keep building up those and yeah you look back and you realize actually you've made a huge difference and um, so what is kind of the best part of your job for you then what do you enjoy most 
about coaching? Um, I think seeing people hit their goals and their personal best. Because, you know, a lot of these people, they're working, they're working so hard and, you know, they want to be healthy. They just want to be a normal person at the end of the day. And I think when they're able to hit their goals, um, it's something more than their disease uh, and things like that. So just seeing their smiles on their faces um, makes me really happy. And it feels like I'm doing something. Yeah, and you spoke a lot about mindset. And I think that's such an important thing. You really can't separate the physical and the mental, I think, chronic conditions but also with like scary symptoms like breathlessness I guess mm-hmm. um, and perhaps you can share some of your own experiences but um we find people who are have really severe and scary episodes of breathlessness where they have had to go into hospital then kind of feel really anxious about it and so then when they feel any breathlessness again they're even more anxious and they can start that kind of vicious cycle is that right anything that you've experienced before and then how did exercise kind of help you out with that? yeah uh, definitely I, I feel like I've remember races where I'd be freaking out before them um because I'd be having you know either some asthma or just couldn't breathe in general and it is scary because I feel like I've put myself into panic attacks before mm. uh like even during races and I think in those moments um I've tried to you know mentally change kind of what I'm doing so if I was doing a race I would take a step back. Like, you know, I don't need to run at my best right now. I don't need to make my coach proud of me. I need to do what's right for me. So that's either slowing down or stopping and dropping out of the race and things like that. Um, so I think just for these other patients, listening to your body and what seems right. Um, if you find you're more breathless one day, maybe you just need to take a break, talk to your doctor and find a right plan that works for you. Yeah, and... I guess you come kind of come back to this idea of not putting too much pressure on yourself. And I guess that forgiveness of maybe not always kind of achieving your best. And I think it's that flexibility in that approach, isn't it? And not, not expecting too much of yourself. Um, yeah, which is good advice. And, and so what would be kind of your key advice for people either living with CS or chronic lung conditions on like how to start? What would you be your advice on starting? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess first is try to find an exercise that you think you're going to enjoy, at least maybe something that sparks your interest. I feel like these days there's so many different types of exercises. Now pickleball, which is a big uh, up-and-coming sport. Um, Not everything has to be going out for a run. Uh, You can be as simple as just going for a little walk and each day trying to do a little more. Um, And I think that's the most important thing is taking it easy and slowly progressing into these different types of exercises and talking with your doctor about the right plan um, that would work for you. And you know, just having fun. I think, you know, trying to find something you're passionate always helps. You know, if you hate your job, you're not going to want to do it every day. So mm-hmm. finding a sport or exercise that you really like and you want to see yourself get better every day definitely helps 100%. <laughs> Yeah, it is a very good point. So I think anytime anything feels like a chore, you're just not going to want to do it. So I think that you're right. The first thing to do is to find something you enjoy. And then I guess what do what what about those people that have started and maybe they've lost their love for it, like you did once? What would you tell those people to kind of keep going? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing I would always suggest is maybe try to find a different exercise. Um, that you would enjoy. I know I tried that and I just, there's nothing like running for me. I didn't like biking. I definitely don't like swimming. Um, but at least trying different things to see if something else sparks your interest. 
If not, I think trying to find out why you like the sport to begin with or that exercise. Um, you know, I, I'm competitive and I think looking back and seeing how much I enjoyed running um, really helped. Like I knew just going through this injury right now, I just want to get back to how I felt. And I'm in shape, just going along like this country route, running along it, um, how good that feels. So I think just remembering how you felt in those moments um, where you enjoyed exercising and why did you. And I think also having a chronic disease, you know, it's scary to not know the um, the future, but having to exercise at least makes you feel like you're doing something in the moment that's going to help you. And I, yeah, I guess you have a bit of control of as well. And I know it's, you know, I ask you for advice and a lot of the time, all of your responses are really, um, you look on the positive side of it. So I remember why you love it. And you've never really like, they like to think about why you stopped and walked back. So you just seem to have this really positive outlook and like focus on the good of those things. And obviously you've had a lot of, um, challenges in your life. And you say you had this kind of mindset shift where you change your identity. And I think it's really clear that this is something you're super passionate about and you are really positive about and actually like it seems like they've kind of that relationship's been a bit di bi-directional and that you know you really positive about exercise but then exercise has kind of kept you positive yeah. so really nice to hear so a lot of i guess the audience uh, will be clinicians so doctors physical therapists nurses etc so what would be your advice to them i guess not only as a patient but as a coach on how I guess, how to motivate their patients or how to support their patients with lung conditions mm -hmm. to start or continue exercising. What would be your advice to them? Um, so my big advice, and a lot of them are probably are hopefully doing this, uh, is just making a conversation around exercise. Mm -hmm. I feel like even when I was little, um, my doctor recommended exercise, but that's kind of all it went. Um, I think it is important starting at a young age and trying to bring this exercise into these younger people with diseases' lives. Um, but I think making a conversation around it every time you have a visit kind of changes things maybe mentally for the patient. Like, oh, okay, like we're gonna have a conversation about different exercises that might work for me. Um, you know, helping these patients find something they're interested in. And, you know, just like a coach kind of checking in on them, like, oh, how is the walking going? Have you, you know, progressed any farther? Or even giving them a slight plan, like you can walk to this mailbox today and then the next week you no know, try for two mailboxes um and i think that's important because it gives them a goal to shoot for um if you're just sending them out to do something i feel a lot of people are just gonna quit before they even start um so kind of coaching them through it and having a conversation around exercise i think is important yeah so you kind of it kind of got mentioned to you and, and lucky for you um you're interested but your parents were also really kind of or finding a way to make that work for you but then and you just didn't feel like that was mentioned much after that is that kind of no they once she found out that i liked running then we would talk about that um okay. and i used running a lot based off how i felt so like if i had a bad day of running I would tell her I had a bad day of running and I think I sinus infections coming on. So it kind of worked hand in hand. I would understand I, more of what I was going through. And so then my doctor started to learn kind of that way. Um, yeah. Okay. So that helped you be kind of a bit more in tune with your body as well. Mm -hmm. Just being able to, right. Then things weren't going quiet to you. And you raised a good point as well. I guess we don't mention it as much. So I guess every time you'd go see your doctor, they'd check in on your medications and how your inhaler's mm -hmm. going and how's the best. But right. perhaps not everybody would always ask about exercise. So we're 
Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to reflect on is that kind of importance that we're putting on it on something that we know is super important mm-hmm. and actually not just for people with lung conditions, but everyone should be doing. Um, yeah. But the, the kind of importance that we put on that is maybe much smaller yeah. than other treatments. Oh, yeah, it's, it's even important that uh, that I guess you don't put too much stress on these patients too. Um, yeah. After like making it part of your checklist, you need to exercise. Like I feel like that's also going to deter me from yeah. going out there. Um, so like in the conversation, asking them how they feel about exercise, what kind of exercises and kind of making it their idea than rather your idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, it, I guess rather than just telling people that they need to, because we all know that, right? Um, it's more around what what could help you do that or what have you tried or how did you find that? And then that's also something nice to pick up on again, isn't it? Next time you see them. I remember you liked doing this. Like, yeah. 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 Good advice. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for um, being with us. Uh, I have your, or do you want to share kind of how people can get in touch with you, your social media pages and your web page? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Katie's Race to Breathe. There's underscores after every word to make it confusing. Yeah. I'm also on Facebook under Katie O'Grady. And I also have my own website called missionbreatheagain.com. Lovely. So we can keep up to date with kind of your next adventure, your next marathon. and. Um, yeah, so well, I'd like to really thank you for your time, Kate. It's been really lovely to learn from you and it's such an inspirational story. Um, and I hope that you've inspired a lot of people to kind of get moving and um, how to speak to their patients about exercising. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're already on a run, then very good job to you. You've done a good job. <laughs> so I'd also like to thank uh, the people at the American Thoracic Society for helping with this podcast. And again, thank you all very much for listening. Thank you for having me. Thanks.